the EP podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at the eppodcast.com. Sitting across the uh, nine-foot homemade oak bar with me in my basement down here in Evergreen Park, I have Mark Marzullo. Mark's been on the show before. You stopped by when we were at the 4th of July parade. 4th of July okay. and Day I, at the Park. And Day at the Park. So we've talked twice, and you said you wanted to come down here, and I reached out, and I was like, come on over, because Hannah had to take the week off. Uh, not not just because of that. but oh, it's, backup, I, huh? I, you're kind of my backup today. You, you know, she's been getting kind of a big head lately, because people have been referring to it as Hannah's show. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I was like, we gotta we got to get her out of here. No, she started a new job, so because she started the new job couldn't make it over here but mark is nice enough to come down here i uh, have the superintendent of evergreen park district 124 also on the program today i'm looking forward to seeing how that's going i know that there's a lot of stuff going on with schools and stuff like that and you know the facebook pages and we'll dive right into that with you if you ever look at these things that, that pop up there's a bunch of different facebook pages we show up on yes and we'll send them out to all of them and they're like community groups and things that are put together by people who either love evergreen or want to discuss things that are going on in evergreen and there's a lot of positivity on it, but there seem to be always people that just are just concerned or worried or think that something is wrong or amiss in government. Like there's always that distrusting element. Do you guys read those kind of things when you're when you're over there? Or just ignore it as it noise you. The problem with social media is so much of it is inaccurate. I do look at social media. Okay. Um, I kind of want to know what's going on. Do you there. have a burner account? Do you get on as somebody else? No, I just go on Facebook. <laughs> I go on Facebook. I don't put anything on there. Okay, all right. I, you know, I'm not the guy with the, you know the ghoul face and say you know fake name and everything. <laughs> I just go on there and you know see some of the concerns. And I'll give you a typical example about social media. There's many different things that they talk about, but one of my favorites. I always talk about this is uh, the old Walgreens that used to be at 95th and Central Park, which is now the. It's like a heart care place or something like it's that? It's a healthcare beautiful place? healthcare, heart care center. Okay. And I remember when it was the Walgreens, and I remember when it was empty, there were all these different rumors about what it was going to be, including, I want to say it was a Trader Joe's that people thought it was going to be. It was going to be everything. Okay. It was going to be I knew from being in the background, so the village had purchased that property because we wanted to control it. We didn't want any restaurant. You know, we wanted to have a nice business. So there. you bought it. So when it, when Walgreens was leaving, you guys jumped, were you in any kind of bidding war with anybody? No, we bought it. The uh, Walgreens wanted it. Is that a normal thing that the village will do sometimes? Is grab properties? The village like, will do wanna... that when they can. When we see a benefit in it, okay. And then we know we can make a profit down the road. We're not in it to to just buy it and lose money. We're buy it, sit on it, and try to control the property so we can have the proper business. It'll be great, right for the neighborhood. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm watching social media, and I'm sitting there going. Someone puts on there, I know for a fact it's going to be a McDonald's. And everybody went crazy. <laughs> a fact. A fact. Uh, this was not, I think. First of all, that I would guess. be a ridiculous spot for a McDonald's with the one over on 130. But these are the things like, I'm McDonald's about. doesn't put a McDonald's like half a mile from another McDonald's. That's not how it works. It, it's just it's just so frustrating sometimes on social media. Uh, some of the t- things that you just, it just gets outrageous at times. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to look at it. I peruse it. My wife has totally gotten off social media. She won't have anything to do with it Does she anymore. get agitated like on your... Like my wife, I know when I was doing radio, we don't really have the issue with podcasts now because... But when I was doing radio, I used to sometimes be very controversial in different towns that I was in. 
I know my wife, when she would hear things, would get more defensive about me than I was. Like she'd be like, she would almost, I remember one time she got into an argument with somebody. I'm like, I don't care what they say about me. I have thick skin and I'm in the public eye. I don't care. But she was defensive of me. Does your wife get that way? Exactly. Our wives are exactly the same. (laughs) I've been in business, politics my whole life. And it's, you know, if you got a legitimate beef, let's talk about it. Right. But my wife doesn't understand that. And she becomes the lion. And I sit there and go, oh. So she has the bird or a couch. She's oh got the one God. with the fake picture. She goes out there and yells at people. It's the only person I'm afraid of. <laughs> it's now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street. As this show is released on Monday morning, there's some residential street patching going on. It begins this week between 95th and 99th Central Park and Pulaski, moving throughout the southwest and northwest quadrants. Also, you still have time to be part of the village's 50-50 sidewalk repair program. I'm actually doing it this year. It costs you $85 a square. The village takes up the other half. You need a square repaired 708-422-1562. Make sure you get your vehicle stickers while you can. The later in the month that you go, the longer the lines. And also, just a reminder before we continue here, look at how you're listening to the EP podcast. Make sure you also rate and comment on the show and share it to your friends on social media. And if you do this, you're automatically entered for a chance to win seats on the Ileana Brubus EP Podcast and Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Networks Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. Seven breweries. We're hitting them all in seven hours on the 20th of September. Want to be on the bus? Listen, rate, and comment. Share. The EP Podcast rolls on with Dr. Robert Maycheck, Superintendent of District 124 Evergreen Park Schools. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. The world is fast and busy. Sometimes you got to get down to your speed. And the place to lower your speed and relax in Evergreen Park is at the Red Palm. Maybe your speed is wine on a Wednesday with your friends for Wine Down Wednesday. Maybe turtle races and Queen of Hearts on Thursday nights is more your speed. Each and every night, though, at the Red Palm, you get a little island attitude at a local latitude. When you walk into the Red Palm, it's like walking into an island bar but right in Evergreen Park. With a menu like no other created by Chef Mario and cooked in a beautiful wood fire oven. Unique taste, comfort foods, and honestly, the best wings you're gonna find anywhere. Have a tropical drink, a craft beer, a glass of wine, or share a bucket of lights with your friends. Watch the game on one of the many flat screen TVs over the top of their bar or out on the patio. Get out this summer. The Red Palm at 3020 West 95th Street. Island attitude, local latitude. The EP podcast welcoming to the nine foot homemade oak bar in my basement here in Evergreen Park. A guy who, and you know, I'm sure you have a have a lot of fun each and every year when school year starts. But uh, this year there's a, there's a lot of things up in the air. We're going to get into it after we talk a little bit about the school year. But Dr. Robert Maycheck, who is the superintendent of District 124, hanging out here. How are you, sir? I'm good, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. Now, first off, I want to tell everybody we're going to be at the Back to School Bash. I've never been to the Back to School Bash. Can you tell me a little bit about this on the 29th? It's a, it's a Thursday. It's I think it's like 530 to 7 p.m., right? That's correct. It's our uh, annual Back to School Party, and it's a great way to... Uh, the, we started this event seven years ago 
as a way to bring uh, students and parents from all five district schools together because, you know, having uh, neighborhood schools, Southwest families do things at Southwest, Northeast does things at Northeast, et cetera. And the back to school bash is a great way to start the year with the whole community coming together. And we have not only parents and, and kids, but we have teachers are there, administrators are there, the board members are there. Um, and it's a, it's a great event that's actually planned and sponsored by our District 124 Foundation. You have now four, there's four grammar schools, right? There's one in every corner, and then you have Central where everybody goes at what, sixth grade they end up over Central's there. the middle school, Central yeah. middle school, and that's like the big, that's the big, everybody kind of gets there. So now you're basically covering five schools. We have five schools. We have a, a pre- K program, so we have an early childhood program. Okay. We have students as early as young as four years old, and uh, we work in conjunction with the village and a little company of Mary Hospital. They have a birth to three program, and so we identify students that may need services uh, as they're going to be ready to come through District 124. So we have a early childhood program at two of our schools. Uh, all of our five school, or four elementary schools, offer full day kindergarten. We also uh, have a um, bilingual program in our district, um, as well as obviously special education services for kids who need them. We get people that reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, they ask questions, and when they sometimes see that a guest is coming on, they'll, they'll pose some questions to us. One of the things that I saw a few people reach out and ask me about was, in terms of the kids that are going to school, some nearby districts are starting to do things where they're trying to make sure, hey, this kid actually lives in evergreen or lives in the school district is there something that there, there are people questioning whether or not your district does anything for that so like somebody's got an aunt in town or somebody's got a grandma in town you know what i'm saying like how do you make sure that they're not like you know coming in and hanging out in evergreen school when in reality like you know they're not they're not part of the community is that a concern for you or is that just i mean is that is that basically facebook chatter where there's just a few people that kind of look for something that's always a problem or is that actually a problem that concerns you right now it's a definite concern in Evergreen Park and our proximity to Chicago. Um, you know, we get a lot of people every year who, for a variety of reasons, want to access our school district. We have a full-time residency coordinator who works very closely uh, with her counterpart at Evergreen Park High School. And so we sort of... Uh, present a united front. And when the high school has information about a student who may may not reside in the in the district um, they share it with us and we do the same with them is there is there ever been a thought of like actual investigators or anything we, like that? we do Some have people push for that but I, I mean like i've never even heard of such a thing so to me that's a brand new concept well yeah so in in district 124 we we uh do use investigators we don't publicize it for uh, for a variety of reasons right um but we do we have two different firms that we use we also use uh, off-duty Chicago police officers uh, who are who work in the detective division and, and they help us out. And so there are a number of uh, forms that the state of Illinois requires us to um, share with with families. Um, and as you mentioned, we get a lot of um, you know families living with uh, uh, an aunt or a, a grandma and uh, you know sadly, the, the fact of the matter is that um, the times we live in, we, we do have a lot of extended family members who actually are uh, legal guardians of, of, of Right, and in children. that case, it makes total sense. Right, right. right. But uh, no, it's a, and, and that's a, a question that I get. What's very helpful for us is when 
Um, and certainly we're not looking for people to you know, spy on their neighbors. But no. when uh, we've, for example, got a call from someone who said I, uh, about a year and a half ago, I see a kid getting off a CTA bus and walking towards one of our schools. Um, I, I'm wondering if that student is actually a resident. And we were able to follow up and, and found out that that student, um, that family had, in fact, um, lied on their on their documentation to get into the district. You also are dealing with something right now that is, I think, it's becoming more and more top of mind for people in Evergreen Park. So it's something that I have to make sure that I bring up and ask some some questions about. It seems like there's going to be an issue here coming up. We're recording this episode, me and you sitting down and talking on the 22nd. The night before, there was a, a a school board meeting, and now on the 26th, on Monday, the date that this episode comes out, there is the possibility that the teachers in District 124 are going to vote to strike. You have a contract proposal on the table with them. They have their own proposal. I, I talked to a couple of teachers from the, that are in 124. Their opinion is that they are actually going to vote to strike. Would that surprise you if the strike vote went through on Monday night? It really would, because the the board and the uh, union um, negotiation team have been working since March to um, develop a, a mutually beneficial um, contract. And the board presented the union with a contract proposal back on July the 30th, and the uh, union set uh, the date of Monday, August 26th, as a day to uh, vote on, on that contract. So uh, a number of things have to happen um, you know, once uh, one side or the other may reject ultimately a, a contract proposal because uh, you know even even when the uh, a, a a union of a school district um, um, approves the, the 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 proposed contract, um, the entire board of education also needs to approve it. So there are a number. Uh, we are nowhere near. Um, and 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 a vote to authorize a strike, which I it still would surprise me if that happened on Monday. Um, is not the same as going on strike. And, you know, in, in situations where um, uh, unions or boards of education um, reject the, the contract proposal on the table, the expectation is that both sides would um, continue to, to bargain. And, it, and you know, there's, there's no talk of, of a strike or there's no imminent uh, possibility of a strike until um, all those avenues of conversation and communication have been exhausted. And like I said, we're, we're nowhere near that point. The, the board has offered um, a three-year contract proposal that offers the teachers a, a uh, over the three years, a higher raise than the one that they approved in the last three-year contract. So um, it would very much surprise me. People who are have kids in school and stuff like that, you just said that even if they vote for a strike, it's probably not something that's imminent. There still would be talks and things like that. When do you start formulating a plan as to what you do if they actually do it? Well, uh, both. Yeah, both. So I'm certainly hopeful that it, it won't happen. Again, I, I think it's very premature to talk about that because um, we, the, the, we, the board has given the, the uh, union a, a very strong and competitive um, salary offer. And um, as I mentioned, every... Um, every teacher, uh, every certified staff member would receive a higher raise over the next three years than the one that they voted for um, in the past contract. But in terms of making a plan, sadly, when I started in District 124 um, that year, they they had already determined to go on strike. So 
Uh, we so kinda, you sh- when you started, there was already you were at, you started at the time when the last one happened. Correct. So this and, would be the first time that like you know you were there at the beginning when the whole thing was happening. Right. So on, you know lessons learned from from eight years ago. Um, certainly we, we would be uh, better prepared. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, again, and nobody nobody wins in a, in a strike, and the big losers and in, in a school when a school district strikes out the kids. And I know that um, I, I don't pretend to speak for the union, but I, I certainly would imagine that none of us wants a strike. And, and as the leader of the district, I would work to make sure that we never got to that point. I would think that myself and everybody else hopes that this gets worked out. And I really appreciate you coming down here and talking about it because I know it's uncomfortable and you're doing it in the morning when it would have been a little bit more fun if you'd have been down here at the bar and I could have poured your beer off the tap. You know, maybe it would have been a more jovial conversation. No, this is fine. I appreciate the opportunity. It's really nice to meet you. I've been following you um, not only with the EP podcast, but also uh, the work that you're uh, doing on the socks in the basement. Oh, yeah, so, socks in the basement. It's, it's fun. Are you a White Sox fan? I uh, love the socks. When I came down to the south side, I was kind of surprised at how many Cubs fans are down There's here. There's too many of them down here. They, you know what? Those are always the kids that wanted to make their parents mad at them. Like, you know, it was like, it's always like the kid in the family where like the mom and dad and the two older kids were all Sox fans. And that's the younger one trying to get attention. And he put on a Cubs ad. Now, now they've kind of infiltrated the South side of Chicago. Yeah. My family is originally from the Joliet area. So a lot of uh, steel workers in U.S. Steel. And when that plant moved <laughs> up north, my uh, dad and grandpa moved with it. And, uh, you know, you, when you, once you grow up in a, in a Sox family, you're, you're a Sox fan. So. Right, right. You've been on the other side. You've been surrounded. You've been, <laughs> you've been on the you've been on the other side of the enemy lines. Uh, Dr. Robert Maycheck, thank you again for coming down here, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The Academy of Self Defense and Fitness in Evergreen Park celebrates its 50th anniversary with an expansion and a party Saturday, September 7th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Owners Jeff and Pam Waldrum are inviting their neighbors, current members, friends, and anyone interested in martial arts and fitness to this 50th anniversary celebration. There's going to be free classes and martial arts activities and games, tickets to local mixed martial arts competitions, and a grand prize to become a member for six months on them. That's right, you could become a member of Team ASD. Members of Team ASD have included professional and amateur MMA competitors, people who employ self-defense skills in their professions, and your average student looking to train and learn a new skill set. If you've never seen it before, go check out the Academy of Self-Defense in Evergreen Park on either their 50th anniversary September 7th starting at 11 a.m. or anytime, 3753 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. We'll see you there. This week on Meet the Neighbors, we have a local Evergreen Park guy who is doing audiobooks. Is that right? Sean Reed is sitting in here, and you're an audiobook author. I've never met a guy who actually does this before. With all my time doing broadcasting, I, I've never met a person that does this before. I'm intrigued. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. How Look are you? That. You got the silky smooth voice and everything. <laughs> you, you sit down here. He's sitting down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement. He's got the 
silky smooth voice of an audiobook reader. So <laughs> are, are we doing like adventure now? What are you currently working on now? You said that you told me beforehand you have a, a, a 12 book series that you're doing audiobooks for right now, or you're the voice of the series. Well, the, the series that I'm working on right now is a series called Dragon Chameleon, which is a young adult novella series. So they're all relatively short, and it's it's all pretty much what it sounds like. It's a dragon fantasy adventure book series. Okay. And my the, daughter would love that. She's been dabbling in Dungeons and Dragons lately, and she like reads adventure books like that sometimes. Oh yeah, so this would be perfect yeah, for her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is it is it something where when you're doing an audiobook for anybody that's never listened to an audiobook before, I've I've heard a few, but it's I know some people love them. They, that's how they do their reading now. They just get in the car and they pick an audiobook and they they just go. Are you doing voices while you're doing it, or are you just reading the material? I, I'm actually doing a variety of different voices really? as, as I do it. And the, uh, admittedly, the female voices are a lot harder to do, especially trying to come up with very different ones. But this series centers mostly around the protagonist, Tor, who is a very uh, kind of sarcastic teenage boy, which we could all definitely relate to at a certain point, and his female dragon companion named Saberok. The the dynamic between them didn't take a whole lot of figuring out, but uh, other female characters coming into the mix were a little bit more challenging. Let's say that I'm somebody who's listening to this interview and I'm thinking to myself, okay, audiobooks, they're cool. I like them. I think I could do that, what that guy does. I know, you and I both know that there's a little bit more to just saying I'm going to do it. How did you get to this point where all of a sudden you said, this is something I want to do, and then how hard was it or easy was it for you to get into it? I grew up listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks, and I think Jim Dale is one of the best narrators in the business. I kind of, in, in the back of my mind, I think I always knew I wanted to do something along those lines, but I didn't really kind of dip my toe into that side of it until recently. There's this guy who's been doing audiobooks for years now. His name is Kevin Tice. He led led this uh, two-night crash course that I took that basically tells you how you can get into the business without having to spend a lot of money on right. the fanciest equipment. Right, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Right, right. So you took a course, you learned kind of how to do that, then I would imagine there was some place you went and submitted everything, and then just kind of cross your fingers and hope on that one? I mean, how long did you have to wait till somebody sat there and said, we like you, we want to use you in a book? No, it, it wasn't very long, and I once I knew how to set things up in my own home, I kind of just started sitting down and auditioning for literally everything. And like with a lot of other aspects of performance, you're bound to get a lot of people saying no before you get your first yes. Right. But, you know, it just worked out very well that I got into it when I did at this author, Sarah K. L. Wilson, who writes the series, she's fantastic. Uh, she reached out to me after I submitted myself and she said, hey, I think you're the guy that I want to do 
this book, and by the way, can you do the entire series as well? And that was my first offer, so I was That's awesome. really fortunate. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Thank That's you. That's really, really cool. Well, the name of the book one more time for people who want to check it out. Dragon Chameleon. Dragon Chameleon, and if they want to get the audio book and they want to listen to you do it, where do, where do you go normally for that? So currently, the first five audiobooks in the series, as well as a bundle of the first four, are available for download on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. So if you go onto Audible and type in Dragon Chameleon, you'll find all of the available books. And we can listen to Sean Reed, local Evergreen Park guy. Where, where'd, where'd you, you go to school here too? You, you, where'd you live around? Yeah, I I lived in the uh, in the Northwest District, went to Northwest Elementary, and okay. graduated from Evergreen Park, class of 2010. Look at that. And now you, can, now you can listen to Sean in his audio book and hopefully you have a long audio book career because it seems to me that you have the goods to be able to do this and, and we'll be rooting for you. You can listen to Sean, go online, check out his book that he's currently reading and hopefully we're going to see much more from you in the future. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Look at all those people in this great suburb driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember Ted Kaczynski? You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 60805 it's the ep podcast all things evergreen park it's the ep podcast evergreen park Mark Marzullo down here at the bar with me. I really find that interesting what you're talking about where the village buys buildings. I want to get back to that. It makes sense to grab big vacant properties so they don't lay dormant forever or something ridiculous doesn't move in. How does the, does the village then, is that like something that goes up for a vote? Is, are these the things that happen at the council meetings? Well, what the, just give you a little uh, backdrop in this. 20 or so years ago, we, had a, we created a village plan. Okay. We had a group of experts trustees, village residents sat down and said, what do you want the village to be? What do we need? You get like an urban planner or something involved? An in urban, it absolutely. Okay. Beautiful job. Beautiful okay. job. And one of the biggest critiques that they had said, for your businesses to survive on 95th Street, they need parking. And that's why you have all the so public So we've engaged in buying dilapidated sense. buildings and putting parking structures in there to help the business community. Right. Because I, I, I've told you this uh, in our last podcast, and I'm a firm believer of this. Big box stores are great, but the small business is the backbone of America. And if we don't help the small business survive and prosper, there'll be no America. Sooner or later, the Amazons of the world will control everything. When they control everything, they'll dictate the price. So the great price they have right now will go away when they're the only game in town. Right. So we need to support the independent small business people. People understand it's, it's just not a silly slogan. It is a real good slogan. Keep the green in evergreen. You've been here for a long time. Every time I run into you, 
you reference back to something that happened in the old days in Evergreen Park. So can you share with me, just give me one story. You're going to be on again. We're, we'll, we'll get into more stuff that you've seen in Evergreen Park. But give me give me a story. Give me something that, that just, it's evergreen. You know what I'm saying? Like this kind I'll of, give you a great this story. is a quintessential Evergreen Park back, story. And it'll be a little political story, but you've probably heard a man. Just give me the political story because you know what? The more controversy I can get, Mark, There'll the be higher no controversy the ratings here. go. Okay? So let's do something that could trend. For me, please. So on social media, I get it gets Mayor, a little crazy. There was a board of trustees. We had a, this is back in 1968. So I'm really dating myself, and I was not that old. I was man, still, you're old. I was still young. <laughs> mayor Klein was the mayor of Evergreen Park. Okay. Town was running good. They had a village board, same as we have now. Mayor Klein passed away. There was a gentleman, and I don't remember his name. It was thought he was next in line. He was going to be the guy to take the Evergreen Park into the future. He's already shaking hands and telling people. He's making his got business the deal cards, done. Making his business cards, right. The village board had to appoint the next mayor temporarily till the election came. There was a gentleman called Tony Yukich. And you've probably never heard of Tony Yukich, but Tony Yukich was Mr. Evergreen Park. He moved in Evergreen Park in the early days and was instrumental in every aspect of it. Was involved uh, in all kinds of, of groups of neighbors helping, you know, they, they'd say street be, where streets were being developed. And he run a village board meeting and says, you know, I think you guys should do this and I think you guys should do that. He was very instrumental. He became a village trustee. And when the time came, the gentleman that was thought he was going to be the mayor was best buddies with Tony Yukich. They were drinking buddies, best friends. So when the vote came, Tony Yukich said, I'm voting for Tony Vacco, knowing that he would destroy his relationship with his best friend. And he said, I had to do it for one reason. Tony Vacco was better for Evergreen Park than my friend. And I love Evergreen Park. And that's how Tony Vacco became mayor. One of his, uh, one of the trustees just said, it's the right thing to do. And I think that's how we all think. It's the right, you have to do the right thing sometimes. If you, if you hurt a friend, I feel bad, but we're always going to do the right thing for Evergreen Park. That is awesome to hear. That's Mark Marzullo. I, I love the fact you came down here today. I really do. And I, think I will that's admit, awesome. and I will agree, not admit, agree to come here once a month or whatever you need. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and discuss yeah. anything on the village. If you have any questions, you can write them all down. That'd be great because I've been asking Hannah to go now for a year. No, she doesn't. Originally, when she sat down with me, she's like, well, I used to be an investigative journalist, so I'll go to all the village board meetings. She hasn't gone to one of them. Uh, you know? Believe me. She hasn't gone to one of them. I never she saw just likes the, she, at our meetings. She, yet, just so. likes the, she just likes the glamour. She's not, she's not going to go sit down. That's awesome. And you know what? Maybe I'll actually show up for one or something like that. I want to see you in action. I want to see Absolutely. you. Like, is it exciting? You like Can we to, acknowledge our guest here? You know, he's in? getting ready. He's going to be on the Me and the Priest podcast. Well, Father Paul sitting down. Father Paul sitting next to me, a, a great podcast. patriot. Yeah. And a I'm great servant of the Lord. And I'm grateful you got Starbucks. <laughs> 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 See? I am so grateful. He's easy. Yeah. He's easy. He but just needed a Starbucks. Yeah. He's a Starbucks. Starbucks and yeah, he Starbucks was good. We do. We <laughs> got your bestest. That's when we hit the map. When I saw Starbucks and Whole Foods, I said, you know what? Okay, we're in. I told the mayor we made it. Yeah, we're, in. we're there. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, 
It's gonna be a good one New Deal's Basement Broadcast Basement The Nudist Basement The Broad Basement Slancha. We all know that summer is here. And for many people, that means it's time to get the car ready for a long road trip. And now that we have GPS on our smartphones and in our cars, it's a lot easier to navigate these drives without getting lost. During your life and mine, you're going to take a lot of journeys. And one of those journeys is something that I am personally not very good at mapping out on my own. It's the road to your financial goals. But there's actually a financial goal GPS that you can use to help get you where you want to go. For people here in Evergreen Park, the GPS has a name. Tom Walsh of Edward Jones, located right on the corner of 111th and Kedzie. The same things that your GPS does for you on these trips, Tom's going to help you with your financial plan. Listen, families in South Chicago land have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie. Member SIPC. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at theeppodcast.com.